Welcome to a very special episode of the On the Radar podcast. This is the podcast that features music and artists coming to, through, and from the greater Midwestern areas. My name is Peapod. Back at Bigfoot Studios, Mr. Travis Guyman, my lovely, lovely producer, doing some phenomenal things. So, little background history on this episode as I get comfortable in this cold winter Sunday in Ohio. Um, I put up a random thought on Facebook Shocking, I know, um, that uh, what was uh, the question was, what are the goals of a musician? Because as as we develop and we grow as a podcast, we interview more and more acts, uh, and not necessarily from our hometown of Toledo, Ohio, but a lot of traveling acts uh, from across the Midwest, even across the country. Um, those are some of the questions that I ask, not being a musician for myself, being on the corporate side, being the radio guy that I am in my spare time uh, as my career path, as my nine to five job. Um, I wonder that. And that was the whole point of this podcast is to kind of crack open the skull, not figuratively, not literally, but figuratively, uh, or this wouldn't be a short, short series um, uh, about what what makes a musician tick. And I put this status up on Facebook and these five wonderful individuals all reached out and, and commented and they said, I'd be totally down to talk about this. So I decided to make a sub show of the On The Radar podcast. It's not going to be something different. You don't, you don't got to subscribe or do anything differently. We are calling this Mixed Signals. So it's a nice little sub show. We're going to test the waters out and people dig this. I'm thinking about doing this as a quarterly uh, event. And I've gathered five people that have previously are, have either been on the podcast or involved on a band that has been on the podcast and all different walks of life, all different styles of music. And we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and we're going to laugh and we're going to get weird and we're going to get emotional, hopefully. And we're going to talk about, uh, I'm looking at you, Ian. Uh, uh, <laughs> Eyes are welling up already. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get involved and on what this uh, this what music and art and everything is all about. So we're gonna go from my left, your right. I had to I had to turn around and check what's going on. D um, introduce yourself. What do you do? The type of music and the name of your band. So start it off. What's up, everybody? My name is Jamie Bumgartner. Uh, I'm an MC, Escape Artist Music. Um. Yeah, how's everybody doing? He's he's our, he's a rapper. You you heard Jamie on our Toledo Music Fest episode, and uh, Jamie has been uh, killing it in the the MC game. And and we don't we don't feature a lot of hip hoppers. Now that's not necessarily out of choice or anything. It's just a we we, we it's a rarity a lot of uh, in this part of the country where a lot of hip hop is. It's usually more of a coastal thing, not necessarily the Midwest. But Jamie is a wonderful uh, musician and a wonderful rap artist, and I'm very excited to get him uh, back on the show. So thank you so much, brother. No problem. Thanks, brother. 
I'm Alex Baird. I play guitar and I yell at stuff in the Casket Company. The Casket Company was on the Mohawk Studios episode, um, and uh, you heard uh, not only a fun interview with him and his bandmates, uh, but did a rousing cover of Shellac's. Um, Ah, uh, fuck, I can't, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, shellac cover, basically. Prayer uh, to God. Prayer, prayer to God. Yeah. So, um, Alex is, do, does a lot uh, uh, and is a very passionate individual with the Casket Company. And in 2019, that act is going to be blowing out out of Bowling Green, Ohio. So, Alex, thank you so much for coming back yeah. on. Hi, um, my name is Anna Wagenhauser. I play keyboard in the Americana and soft rock band Chloe and the Steel Strings. Chloe and the Steel Strings was a phenomenal act, and Anna is such a sweetheart, being the only woman in this room right now. Represent. So, yes, um, uh, but they have, uh, Chloe and the Steel Strings have grown exponentially since we've had them on the podcast, um, and uh, they are blowing up with uh, most recent song just reached tw- uh, past 20,000 streams on Spotify. Congratulations mm-hmm. on that. You. That's awesome, um, and uh, we're definitely going to be diving in. And she's also kind of the business manager of of the band, I uh, am. the band mom of sorts. <laughs> so we're very excited to uh, hear uh, the business, more business side of uh, of the music industry. I am 2012 front cover of Dad Bod Monthly. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Ryder. I sing in a band called Grubby Paws. And hi. I have I have uh, I have his uh, uh, spread on on my uh, bedroom wall, so it's uh, it's it's goals, it's dad bod goals. Wait, I do too. Yeah, I, <laughs> Grubby Paws was the, one of year. the Grubby Paws is one of the first acts that we did when we had uh, Pat Checkett's uh, Underhill recordings when he joined on the podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed Grubby Paws and and uh, Ian as an individual, as a father oh. himself, and as a as a working musician. And he's done a lot and has a major history when it comes uh, to music. And if you have haven't heard uh, that episode of the Grubby Paws or any of these episodes, you can get those at your podcast feeds, cheap plugs at the end of the show. Um, but I'm very excited to bring back Ian and get his point of view on things. Uh, my name is Bruce Vermette. I play drums in the Kesset Company. I also play uh, for Killbot Zero, and I hit drums hard until they almost break, and then I <laughs> Taper it off. So Bruce is <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it tapes. Off. I push my limits every time I play the drums. <laughs> Bruce is uh, actually the first time you've ever heard him on this podcast, but I thoroughly enjoy. It. He's one of one of the top drummers out of the area right now, and he's joined Alex and the Casket Company. He's very knowledgeable and history about once again music, much like a somewhat of this area's veteran, along with Ian, when it comes to a lot of acts uh, and a dynamite beard. We have a whole lot of dynamite <laughs> facial hair in this in the in this room uh, Ian and, and Bruce uh, uh, my beard's okay but mine's a little I, te- I keep I, I mine call a little my look, I call my look homeless man <laughs> I, I call when I mine get a little little much I call it a, 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 a hunky a hunky hobo so. <laughs> the fact that I should also note that the fact that Pod is saying these nice things about me has just proven that the check is cleared thank you <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Bruce's beard is more like a like a sensitive mountain man oh thank you I, am, I, I do have a sensitive I side like a, ro- like a I Robert love, Redford I love Animals. animals i love yeah like, like perfect just like a, just a nice like yeah like i could really cut down a fucking tree i would but i would rip what? it with my bare hands but i would also pet a cat at any exactly. time i will drop what i'm doing to pet a cat like if you winked at me i'd fall in love with you uh, i do it every time we play <laughs> i'm constantly I'm, I'm not having a seizure man I'm, I'm trying to get you to fall in love with me i'm like it's like morse code with my eyes well it worked <laughs> are you having a stroke <laughs> I'm about to after the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey. Uh, Talking about my penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm already very, very excited for how this is going to go, and not because of that sex jokes, but... Um, so different, many, many different walks of life, many different styles we have today. And the main question I'm going to start off with, uh, and the main topic that we're going to probably end up splitting off from is what are the goals of a musician? So we're all at different, uh, and I'm saying the Royal we, because I'm not a musician myself, but, um, it, we're, we're all in different uh, spots, when it comes to our, your budding music careers and your careers and putting your music out there, especially in the part of the country that we are representing and the flag we are, we are representing as the Midwest, as in Ohio. And if you want to get even more technical, Toledo, Bowling Green, Ohio and the neighboring cities. So we're in an area of the country that already kind of get it glanced over when it comes to music. We're already in part of the, the country and city that it gets glanced over due to the neighboring cities and everything. Everything. So how does one try to do this? How does one get their music out there? How does one decide when the light turns on and it's getting very vague and very philosophical here? <laughs> when does the decision come when you want to produce music? So anybody can jump in and then we'll conversate from there. The first few times I started playing drums, I offered my body up to many people <laughs> and, uh, that did not go over so well because mm. i started playing drums when i was really young so it was like that's kind of there's laws against it but then when i turned 18 things didn't work out but no but really though in this area it's i i'm still trying to figure it out i don't have the answer that you to to give anybody but it's just like you know keeping the social media presence has always been the thing that i i've struggled my whole life but i'm glad that i play in a band with people like Alex, that have a better uh, understanding of that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. that way I can just hit things, and he does some of the more challenging things. Right. But uh, it's definitely hard because everything, because YouTube was a big was a big thing. You know, ten years ago, it was like bands would be discovered on YouTube, and and things would blow up. But mm -hmm. now it's it's like the size of a quarter, and everything like an ocean is trying to fly through a quarter, a quarter size hole of like all these other bands and people trying to make it in the music world. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, age wise, we all range. If if nobody minds, anybody want to? Everybody want to give their age? Uh, sure. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, I'm 34. 30. 21. 29. 39. So it all ranges from different walks of life. Of course, like I said before, I'm different ages. So seeing that the technology boom of everything, Jamie being the the uh, somewhat oldest of everybody in the room, I'm 33 by the way, um, it, it, seeing the technology boom and going from an age of, of when hip hop and music in general, uh, a lot of it was word of mouth and now coming to the age with technology, does that hinder or does that help when trying to get your message across? I mean, I, I think it's, it's a bit of a gift and a curse, you know, whereas years ago, um, you know, you pretty much had to go through a label, mm -hmm. you know, when there when there was no internet, you know, and you had to, to be discovered and, and, and signed by a label in order to, to pursue your passion. Whereas now, um, you know, you can you can market yourself. Being independent, I think, is is obviously easier with with the advent of the internet. You can promote yourself. There's there's a ton that you can do um, independently. Um, however. Um, there's no, there's no entry barrier, you know what I mean? So for people that really, um, put a, you know, a high, a high value on really quality music, um, a lot of times there's a lot to sift through online in terms of, um, you know, the music, the music that is out there. But I mean, I, I, you know, for me, 
um, being being an independent minded person as well as an independent artist. I mean, it's really given me the avenue to um, to do what I do and to create an audience and, and to gain fans and everything. Um, the one thing the one thing that I wanted to say, um, if I could real quickly, yeah. based on um, the question that you asked a second ago about, you know, how do you know when you, you want to produce music or when you when you're ready to <clears throat> excuse me and not that, you know, not that I would think that that, you know, everyone would have um, a crazy like origin story necessarily. But I just know for me personally, um, music is something that I fell in love with before i mean as i was learning to walk and talk so i mean as as a lot of us probably did i mean i fell in love with music when i was super super young um and i was passionate about it my whole life but for me personally in terms of really getting going um and it's been years ago now it's been about seven years ago now but for me personally it took kind of a, a moment of divine inspiration um my my grandfather who was my best friend and i think maybe i've talked about this mm -hmm. even on this show before it kind of took him passing away uh, for me to be faced with my own mortality and realize that, you know, whatever was really important to me and whatever I was passionate about, I really had to pursue while, while I, you know, had the opportunity and while I was alive, you know, and didn't, didn't want to have any regrets. So that was kind of the, the, uh, impotence of, of, of me starting out on my, my musical career. Anybody else want to jump in with that first question about when did the switch come on? Even though we've already talked briefly on your personal episodes, if you want to give a quick little, uh, you know, cliff notes version, along with the next question being, you know, uh, getting the stuff out there. Um, I think music, uh, I should say the light turned on when music became a necessity. Um, because to get into the career of being a musician, you by some degree have to be a fucking psycho, mm -hmm. you know, because <laughs> the, the payoff of being a musician by normal human terms is nothing. Is nothing and it's yeah. insanity. Um, so I think the pure breed of, of being a musician and the drive to be a musician to even start, uh, comes when music in your life becomes a necessity, whether it comes that you need to channel emotions by listening to it or, uh, you get the gumption to, uh, raise money and buy your first guitar or drum kit or, or, or what have you um, to express yourself because it becomes a need. And um, I think a lot of that uh, area or of, of beginning, we are now in an age, you know, like going to the social media world, uh, there's, there's con confliction mm -hmm. because what was something that was so personal and emotional and got you rooted by the emotional and even I would go so far as say spiritual need of music. And now you're having to advertise it mm -hmm. <laughs> and commercialize it, you know, and I, I, I am not the oldest in here. I am also not the youngest in here. Um, but I started extremely young. I played my first show when I was 12. Wow. And I hung out with a, a bunch of old dudes. That sounds kind of sketchy saying that. On it a sounds similar right to when I started playing drums, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't interested in me playing for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey! But anyway, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but I, I feel that uh, some of us, you know, who are uh, uh, close to 30 or 30 and above um, have been in the scene where it was very, you know, on the on the ground, you know, word of mouth, mm -hmm. et cetera. And. In this new, and it, that's a little bit more, at least in my perception, it was easier for us as emotional people and musicians uh, to do that because it's still, you're still, 
expressing your it's tangible you're having human human interaction uh but i and this, i could be very wrong on this you guys can you know smack me around if i'm wrong <laughs> but uh in today's day and age it is so difficult for you know at least my generation of musicians to be super awesome at social media without literally having to buckle down and spend you know essentially an education's worth of learning the the tricks of the trade of of being able to set emotions aside and being able to go okay so i have an album about like all my ex-girlfriends and my dead dad uh, how do I sell this to people and make them give a shit and give me their money? Mm-hmm. Like it's so conflicting. So I, I'm kind of in, in the same arena as Bruce. It's like I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I think for me, being the youngest person here and also in the youngest band, I mean, we've been a band. We'll be it'll be two years in June. Mm. Um, I think the social media side for us, it, we look at it differently. It's not that it's an unemotional thing i think our social media posting is very easy and it's gotten us a lot of exposure um just because we post things that are natural if something happens in our day-to-day lives we think people would want to be part of and they'd want to know about we share it um if there's nothing going on usually we don't share anything but i found that people who force social media engagement don't get engagement and people who go about their lives and they are open with what they're doing and how they're feeling about their lives and their music, that's when you really get people to want to follow you. So I, I agree with that, and that's that's kind of similar to what I do as well. See, I uh, I kind of I, I agree with what Ian was saying. Um, it's like uh, it's like going back to your first question. Mm-hmm. What turned me on to playing music? It's like. Uh, Early in my teen years, you know, I was watching these bands that I was super influenced by, Soundgarden, Nirvana, the Melvins, you know, and I, was, I saw this, like, purity in them. And if you take that and you put it side by side to, like, a, you know, like a violent star of a childhood where, like, the universe is just being destroyed around you, and you look at it like an outlet, it, uh, it, 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 it becomes something more than that. You know what I mean? It becomes this this outlet for you almost. And that's what clicked with me. I was like, I was watching these, I was watching like Kurt Cobain and he would, you know, he'd play his sets. He would destroy everything. He was flipping off the crowd. He was <laughs> punching his fans. He didn't care. You know, he's telling people not to buy their music. He didn't care about anything. And that was like, that was like, I want to do that. That's the most rock and roll thing. <laughs> yes, I, I was of. like, I need that in my life. So it's like, and with the social media thing, it's like, you'll people, like in my genre and from my generation, you'll pull your hair out trying to figure out the right formula mm-hmm. because on one hand, you want to expose your music. You want people to connect because that's, that's what's important, the way that you connected, you know? And, um, but on the other hand, you don't want to lose your integrity mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose that sense of purity where it's like, you know, now I'm, if you're, if you push too hard, then you're like, you know, well, this is why Cobain killed himself anyway. So it's like, it's it's hard to find that middle ground where you're you're not selling out and you're keeping pure to yourself, but you're also like being progressive. I so. totally agree, and I think it depends on the genre of music that you're playing. I mean, for me being like Americana soft rock, also being like identical twins in the band, and we're women, I think we have 
a larger outlet for social media compared to like a band of five guys who are playing metal. Um, you Never know, heard like, of a band like that before. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to start a band like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm in. It's it it becomes uh, the point where where your music not only becomes your know, your therapy, but your music becomes then your own public figure. And being in the in the industry that we uh, that we are all in, we've all become public figures. We all become uh, almost now then caricatures of yourself. So it comes to the point in the balancing act of when does the character of you know Jamie, Alex, Anna, Ian, Bruce becomes the band and then the human life of uh, the people. I can tell you one thing that the biggest thing uh, from being uh, on the radio and then being from uh, continue doing a public figure of sense and then trying to figure out where does, where does Chris end? When does Peapod begins? And I've always held myself into a, a point where there is no difference. It's the same person you meet in in the studio uh, or, you know, in the radio station or anything. It's the same person that you meet in 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 public is the same person that I more or less in per in in a in a personal life. Um, there is no difference. A lot of other people, whether it's musicians, whether it's uh, radio industry, whether it's any other public figures struggle with that. Um, the moment that you go onto any sort of stage, uh, physically or, uh, the theological stage is when you become something different in yourself. Do you feel like then, then music, then trying to be successful, you have to end up turning yourself into something that you are not eventually, do you lose a part of yourself while doing this stuff? Or if you are, if the ideal of, if you stay to yourself, people will flock to whatever you are selling. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's about your angle. Um, you know, there's people like Gigi Allen, who was the, mo the most true to himself in all of music. Yeah, uh, didn't hold back anything. And then there's people like Gene Simmons, who is literally he's literally a walking shtick. So um, <laughs> so it's really on how you market. I mean, how do you want to perceive yourself? Because, I mean, the Gene Simmons that you meet in the street is not going to be uh, platform shoes with the giant bloody tongue. He's going to be the dick that is Gene Simmons. Yeah. So <laughs> Gene Simmons, if you're listening to this, you're a dick. Fuck you. <laughs> well, if, if Gene Simmons would ever reply to that, he'd be like, I know, and I have so much more money than you. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so, well, he would he... just send you a letter for using his name. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he would probably try to copyright the name of what we just did. Uh, Shit. I'll, I'll bounce off that a little bit. And the idea of it's how you want to angle it. Uh, because I think much to our current dismay in, in social media culture, I think subconsciously what we do with just social media in general is we are going to put our best versions of ourselves out there. We're for a the fun world. mirror. Social media is a fun mirror. Right, right. Because you're not going to, you know, really uh, project all your hangups and all your inadequacies for the world to see because we're, at the end of the day, very vulnerable creatures, mm -hmm. you know, and so... You're not going to post your worst pictures of your of of you. I mean, maybe like some blatantly obvious, like oh, this is a really bad picture, like ah, face to be funny. <laughs> but like genuinely, things that you, you know, uh, there, maybe there's an angle that makes you look a little fatter than you are, or something that you're insecure about. Like, or I have rosacea. You know, I look really red in this picture. I hate. I'm not posting those pictures. I'm posting pictures that you know I'm sucking in my gut. You know, like that. Mm -hmm. and I, but I feel like in that. Going to Gigi Allen, I'm like, how would Gigi fare in today's day and age? 
He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He, no. he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't exist. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't exist. <laughs> he would actually be canceled, probably. So. Too, canceled too many people would be so offended quick. by him yeah. or disgusted by him that they so would, yeah. would be out of here. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so that makes me, you know, one, feel old. But then, uh, t- but two, just kind of think of now, now as a musician in this day and age, even as, as much as try as I might, I, as I want to be transparent and honest with people who will listen to my music, I'm still going to, in some, again, subconsciously, not even thinking about it, I'm going to post the best videos of our performances. I'm going to post, you know, things that make us the you know best possible thing. And is that existentially honest? Not necessarily, but that's the world we live in today. Right. I totally agree. Um, even... You know, a lot of the songs that we've put out have been about, you know, issues of family or people where it's been really difficult situations. And in the past, we've put out a couple social media posts explaining sort of those situations and where the music is coming from. And we'll have people reach out on social media, like private messaging us like, hey, you know, I don't think it's okay that you guys are sharing information like that. And I think it's hard in a day and age when everyone hides behind a computer or a phone and everyone has an opinion that they think even if it's disrespectful or they just don't understand the situation they feel like they can share whatever they want the internet's a terrible thing because we have all become into a point where everybody has a platform and it doesn't matter if you are the most right you if you have the loudest voice you have the biggest influence Mm -hmm. your word is law and and that that can explain about what the social circles and the and socially what we are dealing with as a country right now. And I'm not going to dive into too much of the political spectrum, but oh, no. it, uh, <laughs> we're not going to try. Careful. Are you talking t- about a Humpty Trumpty? <laughs> there it is. I was going to say I'm going to go there. I, I'm going to tiptoe around it, but then we're going to dive in. But it, it and uh, and and it's really funny. And uh, may, maybe I should lean into the, the political skid. Music it seems like at, at most of it in itself is a little bit more, for lack of a better term, liberal and progressive. You know, uh, any kind of arts is uh, is more that direction. If you're going to if in the bare bones of it, they lean more left than you see leaning more right. Um, have you ever all witnessed anything that, you know, you, you see the music and you hear the music and you see the performance and then all of a sudden you see what they're spouting on either social media or what they talk about in public and everything that, that, that the, the, the perception changes. I mean, the biggest one that I can think of, and it's been a long time, was after 9-11 and the uh, Dixie, Dixie Chicks. Mm-hmm. They did, a, I can't remember exactly what it was. They either did an album or a song that was very divisive at the time. I want to say song. Okay. Yeah, I just remember because, you know, I was in high school uh, when during 9-11. I was a senior, and I remember that song came out, and it was a big, you know, pre-Twitter and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but people had a very visceral reaction to that. Like, you know, why are they going, why are they saying these things? They shouldn't, they don't have any business talking about this, that, and the other. And there are other bands that are very political in, in nature, like System of a Down has mm-hmm. always had a very mm-hmm. political uh, message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I've I, I run a business and I've always maintained that political feelings should I don't care what anyone's opinions are about anything. I mean, as long as they like me and they like what I do, that's great. But I mean, like, I don't think politics has any business in any kind of business sense. Because if you like, if the casting company comes out with a single tomorrow, pro Trump, I mean, we're gonna have some people that are gonna like it for sure, but they're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna be pissed at us for even bringing it up. 
And I just think that you should keep that kind of stuff maybe maybe right around it in a different aspect, but saying someone something specifically so pointed at one figure or anything is just is going to be divisive. And as a band, you you want to uh, appeal to as many people as you can instead of dividing your your audience. And this exact thing actually happened at my business mm-hmm. that um, the owners was out were outspoken about their political feelings and. Uh, I was the one that got the backlash because I'm the one that runs the place. So people were upset with us and it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Oof. Uh, <laughs> Nazi punks fuck off. Everyone else, you're cool. That's <laughs> yeah. all I really have to say I'll about that. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, it, Jamie, from coming up from a hip hop si- uh, point aside, where where the finger pointing, the call outs, the mixtapes, the, the, the diss tracks is more prominent. Um, what do you feel about the ideas of, you know, keeping your, your, your personal, your social, your, your other feelings aside and right around it instead of just being direct at, you know, Hey, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the hip hop that I grew up on and, and, you know, fell in love with and was really passionate about included public enemy Mm -hmm. Chuck D, you know, very much so, um, I don't want to say politically motivated, but I mean, he, he spoke his mind, said, you know, spoke on really controversial topics, et cetera. For me, it's, and I know that, that you know this, you know, the listeners may not know this, but I mean, for me, and, and kind of piggybacking on your last question mm-hmm. as well, as far as where, you know, where do you stop as a person and where does your stage persona or your, you know, your, your musical career start? Mm-hmm. For me specifically, um, as you mentioned, it's it's one and the same for me. Um, I actually go by my real name. My real name is my stage name, and and a part of that is because my calling card is just authenticity. And you know, leading into the the next question that you asked, that part of that authenticity is no holds barred speaking my mind and my feelings, almost to the point where, you know, for some listeners, it's like, you know, should I even be privy to this or should I even hear this because I mean I'm just putting it all out there you know so I really don't hold any punches um as far as you know have I said fuck you in between the lines to maybe some people in my music sure definitely um (laughs) as far as excuse me as far as politically motivated you know coming out and saying fuck you to Trump or or whatever um you know I'm I'm not a fan of Trump, um, and and I can even separate. I mean, for me, and and I'll just put my viewpoint out there while we're talking about it. I'll put my two points, my two cents out there. So there's all kinds of political issues, right? But for me, and in that, for most people, that's what it's about. You know, they want the economy to grow. They they're for this. They're against that. They they want to, uh, you know, spur economic development. Whatever, whatever, right? So there's all these political issues. But for me, he just seems like. Um, you know, an, just an, an idiot, just like a blabbering, <laughs> you know, I mean, he just, he, he just, I mean, just personally, he's always dumb. Yeah, I mean, he just, seems, he just seems like a, a blubbering, you know, just, a, just like an asshole, just like an idiot of a person. So regardless of what your politics are and let's flip the coin, even if your politics were in line with mine, even if you wanted to, you know, shorten the gap between the haves and the have nots and you were for the issues that I, you know, were important to me. 
I still wouldn't vote for you if you just came off like a complete idiot. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't know how people can't get past. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion and everything. And, and some people might vote, you know, based on obviously their their politics, their bottom line, their taxes, whatever. But for me, he just seems like a hothead and an idiot. And I can't get past that no matter what his politics would be. Well, and I think the beautiful thing going back to just all of us being musicians is that we have a platform where people listen to us. So I think whether it's on social media, whether we like social media or not, um, like Jamie, your views and my views are very similar. But at the same time, you know, we have people who listen where we can say in our music or just in general, like, hey, these are things we support. Here are resources if you want to learn more about issues that matter to us i mean for example we in chloe and the steel strings like we're all about environmentalism that's very important to us so well i think most of you are vegan or trying to get to that route chloe chloe's or... vegan it's been a weird transition <laughs> <laughs> getting used to it kitty bake in front of her shit's, shit's weird Whatever. it's fine <laughs> it's it's gotten to the point where that you all are now have become trendsetters you all have become, um, we, we've all, and I'll include myself into it, we, we've all become, we've all given ourselves now a platform that people will now flock and listen to. Hey, you're on, you're, hey, you're a musician, that the, there's, there's a moment that people are taken aback by that. Um, you know, hey, you're on the radio, people are taken aback by that. Hey, you run a podcast, even though podca the podcast boom has happened um, and is currently happening in the last few years, you know, they go, oh, you're working on a podcast. Just the other day, when I was just working on, as I knock, oh, knock over this lamp, um, just the other day, um, when I was working at my wife's work, um, killing some time while my car was getting serviced. I was, you know, working on, a, you know, an upcoming episode. Um, and a bunch of her coworkers were just taking it back. They're like, I whip out my laptop. I lift out the charger, the headphones, and I start working on stuff. And they're just like, what is he doing? He has all these, the, all these questions that has become is, is now who has their phone on? Son of a bitch. No, it was not me. Yeah, no, who was it? Who was it? No. I don't know, but uh, it definitely wasn't. No, me. that's fine. It's I'm, not, to die. I'm not, I'm not, I'm so angry on that. Um, but it got to the point where, um, you know, uh, we've become trendsetters. We, we are the, we are the trailblazers. Um, I made a, I made a setting. I, I think I said, I said a status, uh, recently, uh, very vague about stuff. And it's like, nobody sees the, nobody sees the first trail that's put, put brought down. They only know that there's one there. So, you know, you guys are all, you, uh, is, uh, you know, cutting your way through the, this place, this world, uh, and, and, and putting something out there on, on the stage. Is it weird to you? that people will, will respond into that way. Do you, how does it feel being on the other side of seeing people come up to you and go that what you made is it touched me in this way, or this song made me feel this way. You, you, you had a direct effect, a cause and effect on somebody in somebody's point of view. So how does that feel being that it, cause? It has never been easy. I mean, I have been complimented a lot in my whole time of playing drums and it's, I've, don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't mean that because I mean I'm a self-deprecating guy, and that's one thing. But it's just it's hard for me because I mean, in all the times I play, someone will say, "Hey, man, you guys played really well," or "I really like the thing you specifically did." And all I can think of is like, "Why well, mess this up?" And you didn't hear me, you know, uh, click my sticks together, or I dropped that stick. <laughs> didn't you see that? And I'm and, and then my general appearance isn't the greatest, so I mean, just look at that, you know. But 
it's um it's never been easy and i'm getting better at it so i used to uh, to respond to compliments with with negativity mm. of my own like like i'm stupid or i we fucked up but now i just say thank you and i just try to like Thank you. I appreciate it. And then, I make uh, him accept the compliments at this point. Yeah, I can't. Like, Bruce. <laughs> I just walked away. Alex has to stop me from from stabbing people with, with a drumstick. I'm like, stop saying nice like, words in my face. He's like, Bruce, they're saying nice things. Like, I know. <laughs> but no, it's it's never been easy. And uh, it's and with the casting company, we're getting popular, and we have a lot of people that are very diehard about the band, and it's people talk to me that I don't even know. They're like, hey, man, you play in the Kessie Company, right? Or they'll play, you played in Killbot, right? I'm like, yeah. Well, you, you're awesome. And I was like, oh, uh, yes. Did you want money? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you need, <laughs> sir, uh, madam? What's up? What do I owe you? <laughs> but no, it, it's it's never been easy for me, and I just can't imagine. You know, people, I mean, obviously, it probably gets easier with, with time, but. It doesn't. No. <laughs> it, no, it seriously doesn't. I, it's, it's gotten easier for me just, but only incrementally. Right. But not like because I'm not exactly responding with like, well, I messed this up and this stuff. I keep that in my mind, mm-hmm. but I, I'm always like, just thank you. I really appreciate it. It's like I have to kind of shut down and not keep my emotional feelings of my mm-hmm. performance or the general performance out of it. It's very hard, and it's is trying not to get yourself a big head. Mm-hmm. And and I've learned fairly recently that you know I I don't want. The, the work that, that has been done and, and, and the things you say and the level that you end up getting, you know, your, your words, especially in the age of social media, your words get, end up getting twisted real easily. And it, and it becomes even more difficult when you're on a public, when you're some sort of public figure. Um, you know, I, I won't go into grave detail, but it happened fairly recently. And I try to keep myself very honest and I try to keep myself, um, you know, professional on social media and everything. But I had a couple of words recently twisted around on me and, and while it was never my intent and I'm sorry that it, it was taken the wrong way. Um, I, the, the idea of internet tone is huge and it ended up, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat, uh, biting me in, 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 in the ass for just a moment. Um, but then afterwards, you know, things got taken, you know, an actual Facebook argument actually ended on a decent note, I guess. Well, that's good. But, but it, that rarely that ra- it rarely <laughs> happens, but also it, I've never it, seen that happen. I did. <laughs> it, it, well, I, I still don't have, you know, strange closure about it. Like, mm-hmm. cause if I see these people, again, you still have you know, weird feelings about like it, uh, how, how, how am I, how are they going to respond? I'm going to overthink and over mm-hmm. uh, and give myself, you know, a heart now, attack that, for no reason. When that happened to you, did it change how you were like, I'm not going to say anything or I don't want to say this, that or the other or did you say i'm still gonna act you know i'm still gonna be the same way i'm i am normally but i just gotta keep this in mind it was it it, it was that it was i'm it, it was a learning experience and it has to be to the point where you know you can't you a you will not please everyone right. always right mm-hmm. b yeah mom you, you hear that it's not a face mom actually coincidentally that was the facebook uh, argument that i got into i will never i'm 34 years old and she's still bitching me about not doing the dishes so it's crazy i will never add my parents on social media they are not on social media i will never add my parents on social media i'm very hesitant to add family i've slowly brought that back but i i it's just cuz i uh, my my i don't want my personal feelings and i and i also don't add people that i don't know if I don't work with you on a, a normal mm-hmm. basis, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to add you as a friend. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You know, even if uh, other musicians and other acts are either when it's locally or coming through, will try to add me. I don't, if I don't know you or I never talked to you, I won't add you. It's not mm-hmm. anything personally. Um, but it ended up Bruce uh, being to the point where I just like, I have to watch better how I come about it, even though the intent 
wasn't to offend. The mm. intent was was trying to help something else, and it ended up being whatever. Well, you know? and I have a rule. Like, anyone in our band, I'm like, if you're going to post something, if you're mad about something, if it might come across as being controversial or people may have a negative opinion, just don't post it. And I know that may sound bad because a lot of really good opinionated topics you need to be discussed Mm -hmm. sometimes but at the same time it usually comes back as a reflection of who we are Mm -hmm. instead of a reflection on the topic or society or what's going on um so yeah we we just try to avoid that altogether because you're because you have you're speaking as one unit it's you know there's the three of you in the band it's like one person i've i've written so many statuses or tweets that i've backed off you know i I, I get really hot about something and it's like the political stuff like i i try to stay out of it but i was like fuck 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 and then i'm like no you know (laughs) so i stay out of it cool down but yeah i i find myself like going back to an older question i think but as far as me the person and me like the musician i try to be the same all the time i think if you Mm -hmm. meet me at, at where I work, or if you meet me after I play, I try to be that same person. And so that's why I used to just say whatever. I, you know how Facebook will say, remember this time 10 years ago? Right, yeah. I was a whiny bitch. And I, I, still, I, st- I still am. <laughs> I still am, I but still I don't am. say it as much. I don't say it outwardly as much. I'm no. less lame. I'm still <laughs> yeah, lame. I, I'm still lame at some levels, but then I'm yeah. just like, look at some, Like, even the other day, like last year, just this morning, it's funny you say that. Yeah. It's just this morning. I Because I always like looking at. It's I'm, fun I, to look I, back, because then you're like, you cringe a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I, and I, and I. Or uh, a lot of it in my case. And I. <laughs> I post a lot of song lyrics uh, mm-hmm. yep. for stuff that I mm-hmm. I just like or like a song that I really dig or if it just if it's something that speaks to me in a certain way, yeah. and then I I look at something and at first I was like what song lyrics is this and then I I realize and I read it out loud to my wife and go what the fuck am I talking about here? <laughs> apparently I wrote something that was just out of my head but it was super vague enough but it just expressed myself right. and it's just like oh like you know whatever <laughs> and I'm just like what the fuck or remember was I when talking Facebook about? was like uh, it would have your name and then it would say is or something yeah. Or... So I was like, what? What was I talking about? I was like, oh, yeah, because it said Bruce Vermette wants to do blah, 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 or something. And I was like, what the fuck was I talking about? It's so, <laughs> so weird. I think going back to the the question of, you know, or I, I should say the idea how weird it is when somebody comes up to you mm-hmm. and, and says, you know, uh, how something either made them feel, uh, whether it be a song or, or just something you said, mm-hmm. I think – if you look at the core root of everything, we as musicians, as much as, you know, and I, I'm, I'm from the same school as Bruce and I'm probably most everybody here of, of self-deprecation, but being a musician at its root is very self-indulgent. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so it is the, I think I, over the years I have tried to figure out why the fuck am I so awkward? <laughs> you know, especially, <laughs> when somebody, especially, especially when somebody comes up to you and they're like, Oh, this song made me cry, you know? And, and you're, you don't know how to react to that because on one hand you're like, this is a very personal thing I wrote and it made you feel that way. But also there's that reactionary thing of like, that was such a self-indulgent moment. You're like, so, it made me cry too. Yeah. Well, no, 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 it made me you cry hug them immediately. Right. <laughs> but, but also just in almost maybe even the reptilian brain of just like trying to eat them. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. Listen, listen. Listen, I think, I think I Bruce ruining, and I am ruining this podcast. Wow. By my, no, I, I gotta stop. I, turn my mic off. Don't turn this mic. Off. I'll see myself out. Sorry, I think, I, think I think we need a podcast. Is what needs to happen. <laughs> I set him up. You knock him down. Right. Subscribe now. No. Where do I do it? No. Smash that subscribe button now. But, but, but because the creation of music is so self-indulgent whether it's a political or personal or something like that 
it's just so weird when somebody comes to talk to you about it because we, as self-deprecating people, we don't ever want to come off as egotistical. We don't want to ever come off as self-involved. But at the end of the day, I think we have to all come to the revelation of what we're doing is pretty goddamn self-indulgent. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I'm I'm probably in the same arena as as, as, as Bruce is of I've, I've gotten to thanks. <laughs> I'm it's, awesome. I, I, I imagine I that away. people that talk to me that say that, and they probably think that I'm really like robotic because it's like Thank my you. brain computes compliments <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I have a totally scripted thing you. that I say, like, oh, thank you so much, handshake, bye. Like, <laughs> you know? I hey. usually try to ask the person's name and get to know them a little bit. I'm like, oh, like, that's what, why, what about the song? That's why you're the band mom. I am. <laughs> you got that shit figured out? I want to be the band dad officially on Casket Company. I'm got it. it. I'm like, I've, I'm going to be the band uncle. I want to be the band baby. I want to be the band uncle. Sean is the band dad. Sean is the band dad. He yells the most, that's for sure. But yeah, we try to like turn it into less about us and then it's like, well, you know, who are you as a person? Those are that's usually the best way that we get people to come to our shows. Sorry. It can it can be a little awkward sometimes. I remember recently um apologizing to a person for a performance, not, you know, like because it was bad, but because it made them cry kind of hysterically. Wow. And I just I just happened to be going out in, to get a drink of water, and this person had left the room of the performance to like compose themselves, and I just ran into them one on one, and I'm like, "Hey, what's what's wrong? What's going on?" Because I didn't know the person, um, and instead of like, yeah, obviously that can be a little awkward, but instead of you know, I don't know, it, it giving me a big head or a sense of almost like accomplishment because I'm trying to convey a lot of emotion and I want the message to resonate with the people, mm-hmm. obviously. But my first thing was like, oh, like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Because I didn't, I, I, I mean, I didn't want to make them cry. Like, I want them to feel it. My just, bad. Yeah, like, I'm like, you know? I'm, like I'm, so, I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, like, it, it was beautiful, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, did you know the specific t- song that made them yeah, upset? Did. And I, so, did you like understand why they were kind of like that then? Based I did. On your knowledge of the song, I did. Yeah, the the song was actually um, a, a full song um, that I kind of dedicated to my parents. Okay, and it was about so it really struck a chord with them with, life, their, with her life parents and death. And, and, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it struck struck a chord with them. But yeah, so I mean, at the same point in time, you know, it's it's like. Um, it's like a beautiful thing and a beautiful moment, but my instinct was to apologize. You know yes. what I mean? So. That's humbling. the Northwest Ohio thing, though. Like, you it might is. as well just go open, ask him for a bottle of ranch or something. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like I said, it's, God, it's, I, it's hate the, I hate the Midwest jokes about <laughs> the open the ranch. Yeah. True. As you squeeze right true. through here. Hold on, hold on. As he wears a shirt that says, ride the Midwest vibes, he's ripping on the Midwest. <laughs> The whole fight. That's a I'm shameless like, plug, by I'm the like, way. The Midwest has vibes. Wah, wah. I know I, I know it's very contradictual uh, about. Uh, it's not even a word. I, I know it is I, now. I, it's I, a Midwest I, word, motherfucker. Woo! Yeah. I am contradicting myself because the whole podcast is about, you know, artists and, and, and stuff coming out of this area. But at the same time, I'm like. I, I'm in the mentality of like you don't get to make fun of us. We will make mm-hmm. fun of us. Yeah. Like you don't get right. you don't get right. you don't get to make fun of you don't get to say open b- and dive ranch into it. We will fucking <laughs> yeah. Do that. Those are our words. I, 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 slap, <laughs> I go home and I slap the roof of my car and say, guess how much ranch I can fit in this open. <laughs> guess how many bad fucking days I can fit in this bad boy. <laughs> guess how much ope I got in this motherfucking ranch. 
but that's the hill I will die on, not <laughs> you. That's right. It's me. Exactly. It's yeah. like, like you can hate your family, but as soon as someone else right. hates your family, oh, yeah. exactly. that's my family like, to hate. No, Those like are my that. fuck ups to make fun of. <laughs> exactly. I don't. Love you, mom. I think your question is really interesting, actually. Cause I'll do the dishes. It Thank has, you. I think it's multifaceted. It is, and that's the um, whole point. Like, yeah. Because I keep the whole thing separated. Mm-hmm. When I separated. get complimented by people, it's a weird, <laughs> torn thing for me. But when people say that they relate to my songs, that's why I play music. So, mm-hmm. like, I... I want to give people the same outlet that I got from the music that I listen to. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, man, your song, you know, it like it breathed life into an emotion that I had that I didn't really know how to like get out. It was pent up. I listened to your song and now I feel better. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the trick right there. That's what music did for me. And that's what I'm trying to do for other people. But, and like, it's also another 50 50 with the getting complimented in the praise. Cause it's like on the, on one hand, you're a self-deprecating musician, so you're like, I don't want to hear any of that. Like, keep your yeah, keep uh, your compliments right, no. to yourself. And then you get home later at night, and you think about all these people complimenting you, and you're like, you know what? I work hard for this shit, goddamn yeah. it. You know, I, I, I spent a lot of time on this. Can I maybe pose a I question to you specifically? Because I know I've known you for a long time, and you've gotten a lot of compliments from me even before I played the band. I would always give you compliments. But let's say, and I'm, I'm trying to think of how I would feel about it, but let's say you play a show and you yourself think, man, you fucking killed it. Yeah. Nobody comes up to you and says you did a good job. And do you feel differently? Do you feel like, thank God no one said I did good? Or what, what's wrong? Why, why isn't somebody saying I no, did a good no, job? No, no, no. I'm like, well, you know, I did. I did because what it's I... A, and it goes for everybody else. Yeah. Because we've all played shows. It's like, do you feel like, because it just hit me. Well, like, that's wh- the other facet of it is I also Because do- for me, if I'm being honest, I want someone to say I did a good job, but I don't want them to say it to my face for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> tell <laughs> your friends I did good. Yeah, don't tell I, me. It's weird because like, I don't want them to make me feel like I have to be like, thank you. But I yeah. want them to be like, man, you see that that band was really awesome or whatever. Well, it's like what Ian said, too. It's also like self-indulgence. Right. So it's oh, like yeah. at the end of the day, you're like, wow, if, you know, I I listen to Prague. I, I am all about off. self-indulgence. Yeah, man. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm all about the noodly noodly. Yeah. You might as well call me ramen because I'm all about them noodles. I still go home with like some kind of like psychopathic release after every show. Right. So, but I just thought about that because we played because we played enough show. I played a, you know a lot of shows, and I've I've never really thought about well, no one came up to me and said they thought this this or that was good, or I was good, or you know whoever's in the band did a really good job. But if I, if they didn't, I wonder what I'd feel like. Like what I could have care or because I mean as long as I feel good I, I don't think I've ever felt you good do after it, a show I'm always like well, you I do what every serial killer does you wrap the plastic <laughs> up throw it in the dumpster and you go home you know yeah <laughs> that actually yes. actually reminds me of a uh, of a moment I haven't even shared with anybody so this is a podcast exclusive oh man Ooh. But, uh, taxi cab oh my god but I I and my hope is I'm gonna toss this out there and be vulnerable for a second hope maybe you guys have experienced the same thing bros um there have been times where I have played a set. And it is that moment where you were explaining, like, like, even though you, you feel like you killed it, right. um, somebody came up and they specifically were like, uh, you this su- no, no. <laughs> no, because, no, because that's weird, too. Like, what if you think mentally, like, man, I fucking nailed this because it's rare for us. Uh, oh, that's you happened know, to me. I've seen that. Someone's like, dude, what oh, the hell is wrong with you? That's 100% really? happening. Right, so sorry. But, no, but uh, they cite one specific thing, mm-hmm. and that's it. Oh, now, what is that one specific thing? Like, yeah. is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Oh, 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 like, it's a good thing. Like, say, like, oh, that, oh, that one song. This song is so good. See you later. All the rest of your songs <laughs> need to be like that. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like an oh, offhanded yeah. compliment, but oh, also yeah. like tearing so, you down a little bit. So, yeah. So it's like this weird, like, ah, I did a thing that was received well, but I thought I performed. <laughs> Out of the, the ten songs, songs you played, one of the ten were good. The other should be like that one. We get that all the time, where 
people will be like, oh yeah, like the vocal or the vocals were a little too loud. Otherwise, everything sounded fantastic. Has oh, anyone yeah. ever, has we anyone ever come up night. to you specifically and been like, hey, your sister sucks, but they met you? Yeah, and, and you're like, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, right. It's like, you, just, you, just, you just go oh, by like, yeah, up, shut up, bitch. I'm like, yeah, my name's Chloe. What the fuck? And then you're like, I def- oh shit! <laughs> I, I definitely have a story for the situation. We were I- <laughs> we were playing at Howard's. Uh-huh. Napalm Summerhead just came out. Okay, and um, he's a he's a good friend of both of us. A very good oh. friend. I'm not gonna no, mention any names. No names. Tell me off, Mike. Yeah. Wait, 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 do I know? Do I know? <laughs> you know what? We okay. all everyone in the room knows. Right. Him. He's a very good friend of ours. Sweet. He's standing on the side stage at Howard's. I'm setting up my. We're we're like we're seconds away from playing, yeah. and he goes, "Hey, Baird, I listen to Napalm Summer, man, and you know." Fever's better. (laughs) He's like, I heard some mess ups. And I was like, oh. I mean, the album had come out maybe five days prior to that. I can't wait to find out who this guy next week. That sucks. (laughs) He's dead to me. He might have been very drunk. but If you're listening to this and I stop talking to you, you know why. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's definitely hard because obviously we're all very critical of our own music. probably the worst yeah it's the worst. we're yeah. our own critics and a lot of the time the audience if they're not musicians themselves they don't even hear anything yeah. that you did to mess up but like after a show we just freaking psychoanalyze everything yes. oh, yeah. we did and that's why if people film us or i hear I'm like oh like filming our, our set and i'll watch it back thinking i remember this being a lot different yeah like, i'm like that sucks i, I thought it sounded kind of oh, good yeah, yeah. yeah i'm like this is why musicians have moment, drug problems <laughs> yeah in the moment you're thinking you're doing really well and right. it's just like i don't want someone to shine a light on, on my failures <laughs> that's why that's why i always uh that's why i hate pre-recording uh shows and i like doing it live because i love the idea of doing one take one go there's no safety net you just put it all out there sure i hate being having the safety net to the point where i can just go oh I could just do this over. Or, or after I do something, I just go, fuck, I hate how that sounded and going back and doing it. I don't like that. I mean, and then again, I, I and we're on, and once again, I'm contradicting myself. I'm on a platform that I go back and I end up editing, you know, and cleaning yeah. things out. But I don't edit anything out of the interview outside of like actual things of like, hey, I need something adjusted. I'm editing out me sniffling because my sinuses yeah. are fucking terrible. <laughs> and, and, and that's sinuses, that's quote unquote, sinuses. <laughs> Uh, There's a mountain of cocaine next uh, to the peapot. I want that to be aware. Bro, be cool. This is Daily Rock here. Starface literally just walked out. That's how we. That's how we, we pay him for being on this podcast. They don't <laughs> Drop call, your bag on the table, Bruce. You don't call me the Podfather for nothing. Exactly. Where do you think this comes Mr. from? Podfather. <laughs> to this day, I, I have that picture that Mark did. Oh, it's and, so good. And, oh my god, it's so really good. good. And I, I hope he never does another one ever because, like, I, the, I, I put that and I, it's the apex. Like, hey, you know what? That should be the next the next pin. The Podfather? The Podfather. Yes. I would buy that. I would I buy would that. I would buy it. shit my pants. 100% would buy that. Yes. 200% would shit my pants. And 13 out it. of 10 would buy again. Yes. <laughs> you can just keep that. Jotting it, it the fuck down. Yeah. I'm, ser- I'm serious. You make a little rectangular one, you know, just have it die cut. Man, that'd be fucking sick. So when you guys when you guys do shows and you guys go home at night and you're thinking about the show and you're hating yourself, yes, I'm eating do you, pizza. Do you and think I'm about like, not only the show, <laughs> but do you think about like the social aspect to like all the stupid things you said to every single person while yep. you were no. at the show? Yeah, no, no, and, 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 re- and regret having conversations with every single person. I might you regret there. it eventually, but, <laughs> but you know me and how I how I just constantly will just I'm off the cuff all the time, just like spitballing yeah. random shit. I've learned after all my I've done this my whole life of just like randomly just talking out of my ass. Doesn't mm-hmm. it, yeah. <laughs> me, sorry. Uh, I just, I just let it go. Very mature group here. It's like, think about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ironically enough, we're all way older. 
<laughs> the youngest person here is the most mature. Oh, I'm also a woman. It's different. It's funny. It's funny. It's but, funny as you say that because uh, Chloe was telling me about the uh, the background on uh, on one of the songs, and she started explaining to me. She's like, "Yeah, when I was uh, I was uh, when I was younger, and then I go and I interrupt her and I go younger, as in you just turned 21. Yeah, when you guys I see you as when, children. When you guys were like on Facebook, if you look back 10 years ago, I'm like 10 years ago I was 11. Excuse me, I'm getting out of here. Right, right. I'm like, I wasn't even old enough to have a Facebook. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Calm down. Ian. Ian's a little beclemped. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, right. And you know what's I'll funny? You, I'll give you a topic. Is that Anna has no idea what we're talking about. Oh. You see, there's a show called Saturday Night Live. Oh. Right? Oh. <laughs> it didn't have Ariana Grande's ex-boyfriend on it. No, but, uh, but I think going back to the like compliment. You really oh, wait, are funny. Pot is down. I'm sorry. I want to take a quick break in the middle of this podcast to first off thank you for listening thus far to the On The Radar podcast. And if you like what you hear and you want to be more involved in this wonderful project, well, check us out at our Patreon page. Now, depending on what level you donate a monthly fee, you can get a better experience and a more in-depth and involved experience with the On The Radar podcast. We do this podcast to not only show love for the Midwest, but to show all of these great music these men and women who are working hard to get their art out into the world and we are giving a stage for it. There are links in the episode description. There are links at our social media pages. Consider checking us out and donating at our Patreon page. <laughs> oh dear. I've got to learn all my pop culture from Reddit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a oh, good five there was yeah, there was a good five-year span in the mid-90s where Saturday Night Live was pretty awesome. Now it's <laughs> mediocre and just filled with political jokes. Right, right. Oh, okay. oh shit. Okay. <laughs> that cocaine is bumping. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I it's in the air or something. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I actually don't oh. do drugs, but I do love the way cocaine smells. <laughs> so I was wondering why he locked the door. Yeah. Now yeah, it's all yes. coming together. <laughs> you keep the craziness in the room. It's coming through the You'll vents. note all of the soundproofing around here. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I, had a, I, had, I was going to put make a point but somewhere, but then I lost it in the midst of, <laughs> in, in the midst of everything. Of the drug haze. Of the drug haze. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, everybody's gonna think we're a giant See, drunk. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. I, I'm so Thanks. sorry. No, no. They all it's, know. it's it's really funny. Well, no, yeah, we'll bring. Uh, I, I will. I will put this into a, another point. And because we're all at different ages and different stages of career, so here's here's the thought: where were where were your goals, and what was the goals you wanted to do when you first started the band? Now going knee deep in your in your respective projects, what are the goals now? Yeah, that's a good one. That Thank you. That's a good one. Fuck. Cocaine. So Cocaine's could... a hell of a drug. <laughs> Jesus, Bruce. Sorry, no more cocaine. Okay. Smoke rocks, Joe Rogan. I guess. I guess I needed to partake. I mean, hey. <laughs> after you. No, you so. Bump. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so anyway. I, I was just gonna say I, I I had given this a little bit of thought um, because I knew you know it's kind of what we were gonna be talking about and mm -hmm. I think that for me personally um, it's been you know years ago now but when I first started the goal was to be heard. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I was really pu putting my heart and my soul into my lyrics, you know, and I kind of felt like if I wasn't being heard and it wasn't reaching people, you know, it was almost like the the tree falling in the forest with mm -hmm. no one around type right. of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, does mm -hmm. it make a sound? 
Um, and then the, um, the, the appeal of mainstream um, popularity wasn't, you know, so much the, the fame or even the fortune, but just the, the satisfaction of being heard on that scale, you know, and, and, or the idea of that, you know, in my, in my music resonating with that many people on that sort of scale. Being heard as in like just as in one like, person or just, or like stadiums by the masses, okay. you know, like I'm saying the, the appeal of mainstream popularity wasn't so much like the fame or even the fortune, but just my music resonating with that many people. You know what I mean? The, the message, um, um, getting to, or, getting to the the receiver you know at, at that sort of scale that was the appeal of that but then you know now years later it's it's really i mean be, being heard is is definitely a big part of it but the complexion of it has very much so changed for me where somewhere along the line you know i i realized the 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 cliche or the uh, the saying kind of came to mind you know how they say like if you love what you do, you'll you'll never work a day in your life, which make, makes me think of you a little bit. I mean, I'm sure you have your ups and downs in your day to day, but I know you're passionate about being a, <laughs> the work being a never, DJ the, and the what work, you do. The work never stops, and and the work has actually has changed. Um, and and being and 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 if I pulled, I've pulled the curtain before when it came to the radio industry, and I'll, I'll pull it again in the radio industry, at least of this part of the country, at least where the the city I am at. Um, I, I it's gotten to the point where the the platform that I was on was taken away from me, not because of anything of my choice, not anything of or what of my lack of work or anything it was you know there are powerful more powerful people than me more higher up than me decided to turn off some uh, turn off an avenue that gave a lot of other people a lot of a section so that while that door closed it opened other doors and me moving up in the industry but then the the fun the 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 artistic platform and everything um it went away as as well therefore it it is long because that happened. Um, I got to open my own platforms and starting to do out more things independently, which is also very scary where, where, I, where I feel for these artists and all these independent people without now the corporate backing, because I can do anything on radio on a radio station and I will always have that corporate backing. Now I'm on, on something on a podcast as, as someone that's somewhat quote unquote known locally, but I am putting something into an avenue where every, every it's a, it's in an ocean of people right. that um, now I'm just a tadpole in the ocean. I, I, there are so many other avenues and some of the other, other things. Now people are going to flock to me that I have to do it of my own individual work. So, which can be a little bit of a scary, it thing. is, a, it is very scary. Oh, yeah. And, and, and as, and you know, as we talk about expanding and Patreon and having other people reaching out, and checking out some stuff and also into the point of donating or giving money or doing whatever much like everybody else in this room has done with their art with their art their music their whatever um it's gotten to the point now where you know i i feel more and i do more work and i feel more passion about doing something like this what are we currently doing at this very moment than i have ever done in my time in corporate radio even though i am moving up in that ladder because it's yours and you're Mm -hmm. building it from the ground up Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. I just wanted to. No, that's yeah. that's, 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 that's awesome, and you know yes. I'm one of your biggest yeah, fans. Yeah, I know. So yeah, that's, I know. That's awesome, I, everybody man. in this room, we we all have the mutual love of each other, and I'm glad we have all. And I am blown away that you you and we're no, we're no we're no way done right now. But yeah. it sounds like I'm wrapping up for some no. reason, but I'm not. Is, and I'm very appreciative of all you guys taking time out of your schedules, your lives, your whatever to come and just talk to me in somebody's basement studio. No doubt. <laughs> love you, Travis. I was in wonderful. I'm, it's you, not Travis. an insult. Yes. I, j- I just wanted to finish my thought yeah, real quick. Ahead, just just as far as, you know, I, I just got to a point where like that cliche, you know, if you do it, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I found myself doing a lot of things job wise that I far from loved. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty much miserable. You know, I mean, in, in job after job. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, I was not in a good place. Mm-hmm. And um, I I got to a point, I don't know, I, I got to a point where I was able to save and put away some money and, and push came to shove. And I kind of realized that, you know, music um, is what really fulfilled me, what really did make me happy. And the goal changed then from, from just, you know, wanting to be heard on as great a scale as I could be to, okay, um, you know, as tricky as it is to monetize art, it's like, how can I pay the bills and put food on the table from doing this? Because this is what not only makes me happy to do, but I, I'm, I'm miserable biding my time, you know, doing something um, in place of it or instead of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think for me, like I did a lot of research, honestly. I mean, our lead singer, Chloe, my identical twin, she was in college for uh like bio pre-med she got into medical school and then she declined the offer because she realized that she would hate her life if she was a doctor mm-hmm. but she got a lot of backlash for that she's like i want to try and be a musician and see how i can do and people were like you know you backlash from family or yeah, from everyone or... people yeah, are like I, you know I you can that. make so much money as a doctor and yeah. obviously they don't understand yeah. There's so like, many people that I know that have graduated college that absolutely hate the, the their degree. It's or grueling. Don't work the job that they actually went right. To school and for. people have yeah. people literally have no idea like right. what she had to go through with the classes. So anyway, yeah. I did a lot of research on like, you know, she's like, I'm passionate about music, and people are like, well, passion doesn't correlate to being successful, and I'm like, I totally agree. And there was a Venn diagram, and that sounds kind of technical and weird, but it's a Venn diagram where you have the talent and the ability in something, and you're passionate about it. I think in between is your purpose, and I think if you choose to be a musician and that is kind of your full-time job, you've dedicated yourself to being the best you can be. You know that it's really difficult and that it does kind of become your job, but at the same time, it's still better than the alternative of working like a soul sucking because you're job. Wor- you're, wor- you're soul sucking is work the phrase. Seventy hours a week yes. at being a musician as opposed That's to seventy hours a week at a job you hate to pay the bills. Right. right. Yeah. Ian had a look on his face that it was just like I feel like you were you, you had like something was happening in your mind when you was talking about it. I don't know what it was. It just made me think about um, where I, I think it all starts with how young you start wanting to do music. I think everybody in here. Um, started significantly young and when you walk into the world of music because it's a necessity you know like 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 alex was saying because you you saw uh, kurt cobain or king buzzo from melvin's you know you're like i want to fucking do that and you start young you build your life around 
the passion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you built and you but then what happens is uh and just a real brief synopsis of my music career as i started super young played in like three thousand different bands and like i was i was kind of i was kind of like bruce where i'm like i, I want to play with people yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a gun for hire let's go yeah. ah. mm-hmm. and but then i actually was in a similar situation as your sister mm-hmm. where i started i high school was ending i was going to college i was two months short of giving getting my associates mm-hmm. in uh social work and uh i dropped out because i had an opportunity to tour in a band full-time and I was like, no, I'm going to go do that because I've literally shaped my brain and my life <clears throat> onto this crazy idea mm-hmm. of, of pursuing music. But then the shit that hits you hard is you get older. Mm-hmm. Adult things happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 that's when you go to a new crossroads. And that's why probably the face uh, you saw was mm-hmm. me just like <laughs> having it's almost ever, some flashbacks. It's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, ever evolving. Yeah. And it just seeing myself at that crossroads again, even in my, in, at 30, of I have a full-time job that is not music. Do I love my job? Hell no. <laughs> but it's a necessity now. And is it a necessity that I ever wanted? No. Because if, if it's about want, and I've, I've told every person in my life, significant others this, family this, that the dream, especially now that you, I've gotten a lot older and fatter, you know, is is to be able to create something that I can put myself into and represent well as far as music, and it gets me to the point where I can have a nice little house, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can do some soft touring, you know, yep. a couple weeks here and there, and then the summer play a couple festivals, and I'm good forever. Yep, right. right. That is the dream, and and. It's going to still probably be a dream because the the reality hits you because I I crafted my entire life focusing so much on just the the heart of music rather than you know and, and this isn't another shot of you being young but like you said you've done your research <laughs> you've prepared for this I've the, got an economics degree that kind of lends itself right. to research we were like let's go break stuff right. <laughs> yeah like you know so like. I, I want to scream about how sex is weird because I'm 15. Because I'm weird. And I'm weird. And I want to break my guitar because feelings are weird. I know what sex is. I was just wondering if you knew. <laughs> it speaks to me directly, too, what these guys are saying, because I've battled with my whole life. I've worked at the place that I've been at for almost 20 years. And I've, I've always worked a lot. But I've always battled myself with like working just enough to have just enough money to do these things. But then the older you get, bills pile up. You buy a house or whatever. And then it's like, well, now you can't afford to say screw it to your job. And I'm still, at this point, I'm like one bad day away from telling my place of work to suck a dick. And just, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> same. Because if you're listening. Like, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. If you are. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Fix it in post. Uh, yeah, cut that out, actually. Anyway, so. <laughs> no, we but, haven't mentioned anything, so it's cool. Yeah, it's Mr. But, Spots. Uh, um, no, uh, <laughs> now I got to. No, it's okay. Fuck him. Shit. No. <laughs> Oh, well, could go for a nice uh, grinder, though. Yeah. Yep. And but definitely so, no, don't it's, suck it's, a dick. Right. <laughs> in case you're wondering, Casket <laughs> Company is now open to tour all summer. So. <laughs> it, no, it's always been a problem for me, though, because it's like I do love my job as while I still have it. But I also I also hate it. 
it, it's the one thing that I've done for the longest, and I've done done pretty well at it. But it's also sucking me dry of my like soul, my soul, my energy, my passion for Time. everything. And it makes me want to just like jump off a bridge. Sometimes I've openly, I've openly said recently at my job that like they 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 want to groom me to a higher position. And it was like at first off, it's like I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. I don't. I'm miserable. I don't want to work with you people. I don't want to work in this <laughs> environment. Fuck you, I fuck. fuck you. I, I hate this. I hate this. I hate where where we have gotten. If we really want to do something about it, we need to start trimming the fat. We need to start doing it. As I'm telling this to someone who is higher up than me, who wants to groom me to put me in somewhere right. where I'm in a building filled of people who've done this industry double the time, triple the time. Mm -hmm. that i have done it i mean this cut this coming august will make me 10 years at uh my place of job uh wow. in the radio industry which is fucking weird 10 years my god i'm a 11. completely different person yeah weird. yeah i it's it's just you guys like know what sex is <laughs> <laughs> just wondering if you knew <laughs> we know it mr spots <laughs> we know hoagies have a different meaning <laughs> Some of the people that work at Mr. Spots are actually called Horgies. There it is. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. I, I hope they R. Kelly, real talk. We're, we're not I'm a slut for some here, hoagies. Okay. Right. This is, this is not the, only am I going to get kicked out of my job, Alex is going to fire me from the band. Most no, likely. he's double hired. Now. He's double hired. I guess, no. like, my, my question to all of you, because I think. My hey, I asked a the question. Bit, no, <laughs> wow. No, I ahead. think we're a little bit different because we play. A lot of restaurants were paid like hourly. You know, we were able we're able to make you do the bar route. We're you able do to the make cover a, a bar very route. stable yeah. income for five people because we grind it out and play like four or five shows a week, and we know we're getting paid a certain amount. But you also you also go the route of and 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 I'd, and glad you've opened this door because I'd like to walk through this. Um, you've also opened the door about doing the restaurant route, but that means you're also doing the route of the cover act. Right, of the and party band of the cover mm -hmm. band, which then lends the question, oh, no. and and mm -hmm. and 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 this is this has always been very interesting to me, especially in this town of place. The the Venn diagram is I tried to, and, and this is the only time that I wish that we had video because what we he's drawing so huge far. boobs in the I, air. I, I the, <laughs> I'm drawing, but I'm drawing but very elegantly. Thank you. Yeah, very very elegantly. round. They're it's, classy. It's 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 uh, it's black and white. Therefore, it's art. Classy. Uh, it's art. It's, it's it's art if it's black and white and uh, nudity. Anyway, um, I'll it, put my pants back. <laughs> you can't stop me. You it is um in this part of the country that the 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 cover band the party band the 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 background noise of a bar or restaurant that is live music um is more prominent sometimes and some people have a bigger ego into that world than the world of uh and Alex is shaking his head uh, uh of the of the route original of of orig up. original art. Mm -hmm. So my question is how do how do you get around that? With you have your own music, you try to shuffle that in with you know the six hundredth cover of Brown Eyed Girl. Right. So how do you yeah. how do you go about it? Is this the nine to five, and then when you go out to Chicago or wherever, you get to play the original music, you get to play what you actually are passionate about? We play probably like one third of a set of like three hours would be original music, um, and it's hard because pretty much playing covers for right now is how we've built an audience because people are like, wow. You guys have played this cover and it sounds really good. And then they want to listen to the original music. So it's an avenue for people. It's to an come avenue to... for people. It's easy. It's easily accessible to them. Um, and I think long term, like we're not going to be a cover band long term. Like in the next year or so, like I do not want us to be really playing any cover shows. Um, but I think it's a transition of how do we build enough audience right now playing covers to then 
be booking like small festivals and playing in places maybe that aren't Toledo because really the original music venues here are not super open to hearing like Americana soft rock. It's mostly punk and metal and like alternative Mm -hmm, and that's totally fine. But Toledo really isn't a good city for us to be playing original music in. I have a question for you now because I've never done that, what you Mm -hmm. do. So when you book these shows with these bands, do they tell you like, don't try to put in some of your original music or we're not oh, having they, it. They don't care. Like, okay. we have free reign to do whatever. You just say, whatever. we need you to play That's this amount of time. They're like and then... three hours, four hours, two hours, whatever. Like, okay. we could play all original music if we now, wanted to. How many to. people that are at the restaurant, will they come up to you afterwards and say, hey, like, we really like this song or that song? Or do you have any CDs or anything Oh, like yeah. So... And, like, we we sell a good amount of merch. We do get a lot of people who follow our Spotify and they're sure. like, I heard your original song and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So at a three-hour set, you play an hour of your own music, and then like you sprinkle it in. In like, a general, mix. Yeah. yeah. And so, like Very we smart. we play. I'm trying to think. We played one original song. It's called "Like Mad," and then we play like a Beatles song, mm-hmm. and people are like, like somebody the other day was like, "You're like like Mad stood strong up against Don't Let Me Down," which is the Beatles song we played. Right. I'm like, that's a big compliment. That's a huge compliment, considering yeah. that we can play. Our originals and people don't think our originals suck. Yeah. Right. right, they can't tell. They can. They it, it holds up with the rest right. of the set. You know, and it so, doesn't sound like a down like a right. downshift. So I think so. at least it gives validity to the fact that we're like trying to do something and people think our original music is good right. enough to be played in that mix. So. Alex and and I want to bring something up because Alex was shaking his head while while we were speaking. And Alex and I we have we've had a, a history of uh, doing a little bit. I, I helped Alex and the casket company out for a brief amount of time, uh, band managing of some sorts and handling a couple of things. So uh, Alex and I uh, have a have a little bit more history. So so with Bruce and everything on a, on a more on a personal and mm-hmm. business level. And um, it, I will always remember that Miami and Erie show that we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and at uh, at um oh that's it, it was There's called Miami, uh, Miami and Erie. It was my birthday. Defines. Yeah, it yeah. was it was that it was when you guys did that show and that was one of the big like that was the idea of like that span of time you have X amount of time you were gonna do this we had it all planned you did a round of acoustic and everything right. it got situated and then your previous bandmates then uh, uh then uh, took a break and then we all you all jumped on stage and everything and mm-hmm. did the full full band but you were shaking your head a lot when we were with the intro about the cover band scene mm-hmm. and the and the e- egos that may or may not. Mm-hmm be warranted with that yeah it's a double-edged sword for me because like for for people like you it's it's a great outlet you Mm -hmm. know what i mean you you get in there you put you you sprinkle some of your original music in with the cover sets and you get a great response Mm -hmm. from it um but for bands like well number one like you said uh the toledo band like local scene is so Mm -hmm. much punk so much metal there's not a lot of room for like a rock and roll band which is what casket company is we're just we're just a rock and roll band and like casket company if you guys like, we can play at like a coffee shop. You guys right. can't play at a coffee shop, no. so I we think should though. It's... <laughs> we totally should go to grounds and just try to do that. Honestly, they would love it for the twelve for seconds it. they had the power on. They see, <laughs> they see me walking in with my bass drum, like get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like like you, like you were talking about. There's like this like a, there's a really like niche market mm-hmm. here in town, and um, for cover bands that are like i'm not going to mention any names but there's cover <laughs> rock bands that co- that play your top 40 your classic rock covers mm-hmm. bands like that are cancerous to original bands around here because they kill all of the venues you know what i mean it's like this venue wants to hear this cover band and this venue wants to hear this cover band but if they'd never existed in the first place they would be hiring us mm-hmm. so it's 
it's it's a weird double-edged sword where I feel like some people can really benefit from it and it works out really well for them. But then for people who are going out there and they're just like, we're five dudes and we're going to just play, we're going to like pretend to be this band, you know? It's, it's I hate the idea of a tribute act. I don't yes. have a problem with I agree. like a one-off I, yes. show. I I don't yeah, I don't mind a tribute. I don't mind a one-off show. That's and fine. I also and I also don't mind uh party <laughs> bands that actually add something to the music they are covering. Instead of just They make it original. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. Um uh one of the bands out of uh, locally, I will I will give them a shout out. Uh, they're called Skittlebots. They they are a more shout or less Biddle. Uh there you go. That uh, tremendous uh, Skittlebot Zero. No, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I love it. Mash Lit- up? Litigation is in order. <laughs> uh, uh, that Skittlebots are a band that uh, that that concentrate more covers of the of of a lot of the '90s and maybe some current hits. However, they do a lot of live mashups. They do they add something different. Right. But the That's idea cool. of a a a tribute act. I think is is ridiculous. It's asinine. And, and it's mm-hmm. very asinine. And B, some of the party bands that I can understand that they're doing the restaurant route and everything. I can understand the appeal of that. You know, you're half drunk on a Friday night. You're going to a location and you're hearing live music and you're you're already you know knee deep in your fourth PBR. Whatever. <laughs> I just want to yeah. hear Neil Diamond. Well, <laughs> it's. It, it, yeah. it goes, I don't think it, anyone has ever said that. No. Like German American Festival. But oh. if Sweet that, Caroline, how many times? Did they but play if it? that whole notion <laughs> had never existed Correct. in the first place. Correct. Mm-hmm. Would people still be like in the nineties? Mm-hmm. The cover band, the age of the cover band itself, was a lot less prevalent then. Mm-hmm. People went out to the bar to hear a live, live a live original mm-hmm. band. The I idea of just that. going into and going off the street and going into an establishment because there's live. You're gonna music. yeah, you were gonna hear a band that you'd never heard, and that, that was the aesthetic of it. That is well, that I, is far gone. I now. totally agree, and I think. For us, like there are certain venues because we do play original music right. that they will not book us because we don't we don't want to play top forty covers. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in this weird like limbo right now where we're like, okay, we're not an all covers band. We don't want to be an all covers band. We know the venues that won't book us, but then we also know that playing all originals right now maybe also isn't in our market. Mm-hmm. So it's just trying to figure out like. Sure. You know when do we kind of transition? Well, some of the other some some of the other acts that are in the room that uh, that are are full on like original music. They grind on the plane to like four people on a Thursday night. You know, closing out the set at uh, at eleven o'clock or one a.m. at some random city and building the name that way. You have gone. You including the Seal Strings have gone out on the and doing the restaurant route to you know ease people in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gets give something. That that, that people know, but at the same time, that offering something on on different, you know, as you know, is you're trying something new without going completely outside of everybody else's norm. Right. It seems to be uh, really hard to at least getting the music out there in the age of technology, in the age of the SoundCloud rapper and the stream and the Spotify's and the streaming, uh, uh, and th- so big on like if something trends on Twitter and then all of a sudden here's my SoundCloud link and thinking that you're going to get a couple of people from your funny meme or uh, wherever. But at the same time, you know, Alex and Bruce casket company recently had so many views of the new, new song, them cloning steel streams. Like I mentioned before, it reached 20,000 uh, streams on Spotify for the new song, which are huge. Um, but is that a goal? Is that a is that a level that you want to get at that you get so many high streams or do you want the art to speak for itself? 
Are you are you uh, are you are you happy enough that you put out a product that is the best artistic representation uh, of what you're doing, or do you want the streams, the listens, the plays, the downloads, the the playlists that are curated from your music? That's a really big thing. That's actually very, very current for uh, everybody in the Grubby Paws camp, mm-hmm. because uh, very super quick brief history of Grubby Paws. It started with just me, mm-hmm. then we added Eric, and then it became a studio project and then we the, the dream was i want this to be a fucking band and it became a band we've been in band for the past couple of years and we are just now finishing a new record mm-hmm. and we have put everything into it and it is you know what we believe is the best sounding record we've ever put together the best songs we could put together but not, but it's done in this spirit of time's running out almost and because we're all getting older, all getting fatter, you know, and we are now in the age of streams, mm-hmm. you know, so many times. And I'm going to, again, be transparent. Um, so many times I'll be on Twitter or Facebook or uh, as people my age say, the Twitter or the <laughs> Facebooks. Uh, you'll see like, you know, local bands, which is dope, where they'll be like, Oh my God, we have like a hundred thousand streams on this. Uh, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, dude! Like you know, ten thousand uh, monthly listeners. Like fuck yeah, that's good to see. And then I go to the Grubby Paws uh, Spotify and see you had uh, twelve listeners this month, and you have no new streams. And I have to go fuck. How do I get people to care? Ah! And so it's it, 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 this current culture of of how do we orchestrate ourselves now as a band i mean i and and while while uh you were talking i was just like man if i was doing the shit you were doing at 21 if i had i the, know right the logic <laughs> and the fucking brains to do what i you do you're doing I wasn't right so now, defiant I'm, years very, right. I'm very tired <laughs> all the time <laughs> but it's going to pay off Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, like, and Alex is like, like, we were just all defiant. Yeah. Like, when we were 21, we're like, ah, punk rock forever, my shirt's off, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. And that was it. And I, but now I have set my band up that I care so much about in this world of, of marketing and making it smart and getting the streams and worrying about the streams, you know, because I, at my core, with every Grubby Paws record or any record I'm ever involved with, my, my heart is, uh, I just want to put out, a product that I'm proud of. I want to put out a product that I can say, I can walk away and go, I put everything in there. I, it's all on the table. That's all I want. I, and and kind of like what Jamie was talking about a lot earlier, I'm just like, no holds barred. I'm just putting it all out there just so I can walk away and, and not have any regrets on it. Mm-hmm. That's still the core mentality. But now this time around, amongst the Grubby Paws camp, much in almost a an anxiety-ridden tone, is how are we going to do this now? Because we are fully aware of what needs to be done in this current age, but we're all either over 30 or about 30 or at 30. Been in the scene for fucking ever (laughs) and have seen the the changing of times at least 20 different times in the past 15, 20 years. And now in the cusp of releasing a new record, I don't even have a full answer of what the fuck we're going to do yet. And th- that's why when you were talking about, you know, where do you, where do you stand? Of like, do you worry about the streams or do you worry about the product? I'm in that world of, I want to worry about both now. Yeah. <laughs> Can I worry about both? 
Mm-hmm. There's like not enough time to worry about both almost. And it's in a exactly. And yeah. we're in a, we're in a, like a stranger market now that we're older too because it's like the new generation of of younger bands that are coming out like these post grunge post punk bands they are so much less tolerant to abrasive people like you and I. Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> they're just like you guys are really mad and you know we're I'm just sorry. Like, we're a little more chill than that these days. We're just gonna you know we're gonna play our jaguars and we're gonna keep our clean tone like really nice we can play it we you know there's like all these diy <laughs> we're gonna venues. be we're gonna be greta van fleet yeah there's all these diy no. venues popping up where actually oh, mama. Like, a whole band can play in a living room without killing everyone and uh that's just not something i've ever been into so it's like i we like to stack our amps to the ceiling and break things and catch stuff on fire and uh, these new bands are like well you you just can't come to our to our diy space do we? you can't come so. to our living room <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna break our toaster yeah exactly your amps how many watts don't even bring that so uh, 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 uh sh- shameless plug uh to give gubri some street credit uh we were so fucking punk we got blacklisted uh not only from a, a place a, a place to play uh, but also with a particular band to play, uh, because and this is when we were an acoustic duo. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. If that says anything, and uh, the reason why we were banned, uh, spe- specifically with playing with that particular band, was because uh, you make our audience feel uncomfortable. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like why? Yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, and I'm obviously overanalyzing as as we as musicians and and these kinds of thinkers do. We're like. What the? F- uh, what did I do? Did I say something w- weird? Because uh, there's been a lot of weird today already. Uh, but it's because my the content of my songs was too depressing for their crowd. Exactly. Exactly. Something as simple as that ostracized Grubby Paws from a particular city, from a particular town, that was pretty much being ran by a particular band. People don't like depressing music anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, well, that's, that's too that's bad. My, that's my niche. Because that's, that's what thing. you're getting. That's, that's, our, getting. that's our niche, too. So Fuck. we're all screwed. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, with the growing um, age of more acceptance and more evolution, but then the, the snapback of the older generation not understanding what these quote-unquote millennials are doing. As, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, these these crazy okay. young people that we have to... Exactly. <laughs> you, we, we have to... Yeah, yeah, you guys are putting... You're too soft on them. Back in my day, the back in my day uh, mentality uh, is... Old is, man yells at clouds. Exa- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is, I am Abe, Abe Simpson. I feel like... I, and I feel Thinking like... about those beans, are you? I feel like that, 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 that music will never die as long as there are certain things... In in the world that will make people upset the idea of rap music the idea of americana the idea of aggressive rock prog uh, emo whatever you know the genre you are in as long as there is some sort of problem and there is some sort of issue with something there is going to be a somewhat of a therapeutic uh, art form coming out of it and it is needed and it is wanted and uh, people will flock to it no matter what. So then that also brings me to a, one, I think, final question. I think I'm going to wrap it up from this one Ooh. is that as we grow older, as we as our priority shifts and family comes into play, you know, a couple of the people in this room are fathers, you know, uh, a couple of these people in the room are dealing with major family issues that are there that are working on, you know, coming together and, and, and growing as a family. Some are literally in a band with family. Um, how do you balance all of that? And where do you want your music to be at for them? 
a deep question. <laughs> I, I, I don't really yeah. have a family, and I, I don't mean that in like a sad no, sense. Right, right. Like uh, my my mom and my sister, and we don't really talk often, so we don't really get along, and it's just kind of like I've mm. distanced myself from them. Right. I don't have a significant other. Um, really, the only family I have are the people that I play with and my cat, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because, you know, why not? But so for me, I've never cared about that. I, I just want I, I just want to play you know make music that I think I want to make, you know I don't try to put it into any specific uh, cookie cutter thing like I, I heard this quote um, from um, uh, his name escapes me now Carl King if you probably nobody's ever heard of him he goes by pseudonyms and stuff but he had once said that you don't know what people like until they hear it so mm-hmm. don't try to put your music into some other kind of like this is what we want to do. So just make the music that you like, and chances are, if it's good enough, people are gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Which is which has been the which is what Killbot did from the from day one is like we don't give a shit about literally what anyone like. what they think about what we're doing. We're gonna do it our way, and then people responded. But th- this isn't about family, obviously. But but like, it goes to that though. I don't um I don't I don't I just never cared. Like I just want to do the music <laughs> for me and for the people that I play in that group with. As long as we're happy with it, then. That's the only family no, that matters great. to me. No, mm-hmm. that's that's it's exactly the, it's what the self, it's yeah. the self indulgence of of being a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but uh, bouncing off that, uh, I'm kind of in a similar situation with you know my mom and uh, my brother and stuff like that. And uh, and that's actually happened very recently. So this is a new new turn of the page. Mm. And uh, but that that that's a whole podcast in itself of like you know I want to be a rock star, mom. Well, that's not cool. You know, it, <laughs> Eat uh, your vegetables. It, yeah, th- that's the whole thing in itself. But uh, the family I have, and the, the poetic irony here is uh, the, this current record that we're working on uh, has had me be ostracized from uh, friends, uh, my family, and even relationships. So it's going to be really good art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't hope, wait. I hope the fuck. <laughs> but uh, there, there's been so much involvement with it. And the only family I have that I feel is going to be around, there, you can't take it away, it's going to be forever until she disowns me, is my kid. You know, my six-year-old daughter, Margo. And now, n- when I create music or I want to pursue music, my thought isn't, you know, so much of what she thinks, but of just what is just going to help her, what is mm-hmm. going to take mm-hmm. care of her. Uh, because if I play any of the, especially the new Grubby Paws uh, to her, she's, she says, this sucks. And then just like, can you, can we listen to 92.5? But that's, she's, she's never been super stoked. It's, Cause I was that dad that was always like, no, we're gonna listen to uh some Dave Bazan. We're gonna yeah. listen, we're gonna listen to some Sufjan Stevens. You're gonna like Sufjan. Yeah. <laughs> my five year old niece does not want to listen to anything I want to play outside of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Right. Oh so. she, but she's like, but can you nice. can you listen to, can we listen to Kesha? I'm like, no. You know no! what will help you develop? Elliot Smith. Why did such a talented you... artist die so young? <laughs> sometimes you want to wake up and feel like P. Diddy, man. Uh, but day. I would not en- I would not endorse brushing your teeth with Jack. So, <laughs> tried it, didn't like it. Tried it, not a fan. Uh, but I, I, I guess I'm so- somewhat similar to Bruce in that uh, the, a lot of the friends and family around me are now we're kind of separated. So there's a lot of just uh, I'm just doing my thing. I'm going to do everything I can in this thing. But I do have the one component of my kid. But 
it's not more 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 so of the what is she going to think of me with the with the music I make, but more so of the I hope I hope this can pay the bills for you someday, baby girl. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. I think for me, um kind of going back to what they both said about not really having family support initially of pursuing music, I think my parents, uh, though my dad's not really in my life anymore, but they were both very hesitant about, especially my sister Chloe, you know, not going to medical school and how are you going to make a living? My grandma still worries about it all the time. Even like we're trying to raise money for a van. We've raised like over $5,000 so far and it's we amazing. just don't, we don't talk about it with oh. my grandma. We don't talk about it with her because she'll like rant. <laughs> um, $5,000. But <laughs> she's like, you guys are going to go live in a bus in Montana. I'm like, maybe we will. <laughs> and it'll <laughs> um, be awesome. It'll be great. Be but Life experience. Yeah. I think as we've grown as a band and as I've been trying to work really hard on the music industry, the music business side and the strategy, I think my family and our friends and other people are starting to realize that like we're doing what it takes to make this a reality and make it income that we can support ourselves with. This is not a side project. This is this is the goals. like I like for me like I could I I after I graduate in May I'll probably go work a full time job and then have the band. But like my sister Chloe, like she will probably have music be her full time job. And my ultimate goal is just to help her, like have a sustainable income from music and be happy. So like if I can help her in any way, like that's kind of my goal so that's awesome. that's awesome hashtag goals thanks guys uh, <laughs> well my mom and my brothers have always been really supportive of me playing music um ever since i was younger they've always been around about it my dad's not around that's what whatever but um my brothers are both really supportive my brothers are both artists um my brother my youngest brother dominic actually edited the music video for them mm -hmm. he's a videographer and he's a youtuber um my middle brother dylan is an exceptionally good rapper um Sick. and you should be expecting his new stuff coming out next year mm -hmm. so look out for that it's gonna be really good but um i don't i don't really have a lot of friends outside the band i hang out with bruce and kenny and 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 sean and i mean i have my little circle and that's all i really need um but when it comes to max uh, which is my three-year-old son and uh and and him in the music and stuff i i kind of keep that in the back of my head right now i I know there's going to come a day when I have to put them right next to each other and be like, okay, well, how am I going to explain what this song means to Max? You know? <laughs> so, um, well, he's going to, he's kind of come to me one weird. day. Yeah. He's going to come to me one day and be like, why were you so angry? Or, you know, or why is this? Why is that? But right now I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just like, okay, he's three years old. He listens to me. He listens to me playing music. He loves to listen to me playing guitar. He likes to listen to my band. Um, but he just doesn't, he doesn't have the grasp right. of exactly what's going on. He, he really likes the energy of, of it and everything. Um, so right now it's just, I, I, in my opinion, I'm just, I'm in the clear for a couple more years until like, until I have to start really explaining my own heartbreak to him. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I, I, uh, I've always had a great support system when it came to music. My, my mom knows I'm really passionate about it. She's always supported me. My brothers, you know, they, they do everything they can. We all kind of like cross platform and help each other out um the guitarist in casket company kenny he's actually producing my brother's rap album so cool. it's all like this big in-house thing we try to keep everything in-house so 
Yeah, that's quality control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's yeah. Pretty, yeah, and you don't have to worry about like uh, hurting someone's feelings with criticism and stuff like that. If you're all family, you Same know, it's team. like all my brothers, my best friends. We all work in this collective, and uh, and everyone's really supportive of each other, and we don't really let any negativity in, and um, unless it's with ourselves, in which you know, like I'll be negative and Bruce will tell me to shut up or vice versa, <laughs> stupid things like that. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, we just try to keep that energy like super positive. So so. Uh... My family has always been extremely, extremely close. Um, that's actually uh, a part of the reason that, um, you know, I go by my, my real name and include my last name, you know, being representative of not only my family, but as I mentioned earlier, my grandfather who really inspired me. Um, and my, my parents who um, I, I was far and away the, the baby in my family. My brother and sister are 10 and 11 years older than me. So that puts my parents at an advanced age um and so i'm kind of i don't want to say help helping take care of them but you just helping you know around the house and make sure that everything is is the way it should be but um they've always been super supportive of me um but as i kind of alluded to earlier it, interestingly um since i made the you know to to some very irrational brash decision to leave my nine to five behind and try to pursue music full time. Um, I definitely received some flack from close, close family members. Um, my brother and sister, although they are older than me, we are close, you know, and my sister who is extremely is an extremely successful professional, um, like the CFO of a company. And she's like, well, the, what are you doing? This, this is not realistic. You, you know, come on, you need a nine to five and you need a 401k. And this just isn't realistic. You're really good, but this just isn't realistic. You know what I mean? So um, I've gotten some flack from them again, since I I chose to leave my nine to five behind and take a more unconventional path. And then interestingly, um, and maybe I don't want to say because of that, but I don't know, you can make up your mind as to the cause and effect relationship there. But interestingly, um, you know, my music has always been super super personal um super introspective you know and and very much so in the past looking inward you know and sharing my my innermost feelings and thoughts and and perspective and now i know you know ian was talking about the new the new grubby pause record um i'm in the process of recording what i think is the project of my career um it's called audio biographical i play it I plan on releasing it this summer. Um, and I was just going to say in regard to family, you know, my, my music's always been really personal and really introspective, but now, you know, this record autobiographical is kind of like my autobiography. And so whether it's my parents or my sister or my brother or my grandfather or, you know, not only my close family, but, but my close friends and all the people in my life, they're all, they're all coming up in the record now. And, and the reason that I mention that is, you know, I think that can take, at least for me, a little bit different complexion. You know, like it's one thing when you're sharing your innermost thoughts, feelings and secrets, and that's kind of of your own free will to do. But then all of a sudden I'm writing this record and these people are inspiring songs and they're coming up in these songs and it's like okay all of a sudden i'm not talking about myself anymore i'm talking about someone else directly Mm -hmm. and in very poignant sometimes abrasive ways and 
you know, is this going to rub them the wrong way? Are they going to understand? Are they going to be okay with that? You know, all those things. So for me, there's a whole, you know, family, those are the family issues that I deal with, with my art. I want to thank all of you for kind of, you know, putting yourselves out there for doing the art you're doing and sharing these stories with all of us. Um, coming from this end of, of not only as a listener, as, as, uh, as a fan of all of you and all of your work and very excited to, and happy to offer a platform for all of you and expressing yourselves to, to the masses in the ocean of what we, what is art and what is music. I want to thank you all for being on that. And on a personal level, I want to thank you all for joining me and doing something different and doing something, uh, that putting our art and our work and Travis and I's, uh, and Pat and all the other people that have done on this project, um, something more. So I, I do appreciate it. And this has been a lot of fun and I'm definitely thinking whether this is successful or not on, on the listener base, I'm definitely going to do mixed signals again, uh, later down the line, because I think this was very therapeutic. And I think this also <laughs> helped understand a lot more of the music and what we're trying to do. Sure. So I appreciate it immensely. So, oh, yes. We hey, appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. All Plus that matters is the friends we made along the way. Exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful. Cheap plugs time. Let's oh. go around the room, plug what you are at and what you got coming up, Bruce. And you could do Killbot Zero as well. Um, yeah. Oh, well, Killbot at the moment isn't doing too much, but uh, we, I don't even know if we have a website anymore or anything. So <laughs> uh, just look at Killbot Zero on um, Facebook and then uh, send me a message and I'll mail you something if you like the music um i like to also plug kill our <laughs> killbot company uh <laughs> Cassie company i mean we got yeah. a lot, we got a lot of shows coming up and we got an album coming out soon but i'll let alex handle all those plugs um and i guess i'll plug mr spots because while i'm still working there I might <laughs> <give him. laughs> uh, yeah so please go and eat a sandwich and uh tell me how awesome i am so i can say thanks and then regret saying that out loud <laughs> thank you um yeah, uh, I, we got a new record. It's called Home Wrecker, um, and it it's about done. Uh, I, I just finished main vocals a couple weeks ago. All that's left is uh, the pretty stuff, uh, harmonies. Um, we're getting a choir in there, and then uh, we're going to do some noisescape. And then it's mixing and mastering, and then it'll, it should be out by uh, late spring, early summer is the hope. Um, once you do all the fun details of getting artwork and shit around. Um, so... Grab pause, 2K19, what's good? Uh, <laughs> home Wrecker, album of the year. I, I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, got a couple shows coming up. Got a show at uh, which will have already happened once this airs. So uh, we will have played a show at Frankie's uh, coming up on Friday. Uh, but then also we have some more stuff uh, coming up in March and April as well. And that's all I got. Mic drop. <laughs> um, so my band, again, is called Chloe and the Steel Strings. Um, you can check out our website. It's chloeandthesteelstrings.com. Um, we're on Spotify. We do have two like, recent singles that are out that we're really happy about. Um, our website has all of our shows. We play between three and five shows a week. So um, definitely a lot of opportunities, especially as we get into summer for uh, us to see a lot of people out at shows. So 
We look forward to I it. I feel like I'd regret not saying this, and you can be upset with me if you wish. Has anyone said to call it Chloe Anna the Steel Strings? No, but they, we should change it. Do it. People are, people are like, are you mad that it's Do not it. Anna? And the it's steel like, strings. Chloe like, Anna no. the steel strings. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I take a little bit of time. This is great. I literally, I love it. I love it. Gabagool. When when we play when we play at home sliced pizza, we should make like an ad. If you say it fast enough or whatever, with with conviction, no one's going to question it. I love it. It's like in super super troopers when they say meow. It's like what? Right. You know what I mean? Did they say what they said? What? Yeah. I'm going to be calling you for like advertising tips. Please. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Bruce is Gene Simmons. He's going to put a copyright on that name, too. I'm going to steal royalty from this. I will sell you a casket for $7,000. <laughs> That's why it's called the Casket Company. You know, casket. <laughs> it's a, it's a full-size picture of me just on top of it, just like... <laughs> With 7, a smile. Seven thousand dollars. Hang that, hang that above your bed. <laughs> and I just look at it every night and say, "Soon." <laughs> Hopefully. Soon, hoping, my love. Hoping. Hoping. Uh, hoping. Please, it just falls on me. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, Casket Company. We got stuff coming up. Uh, we just released a music video for them. Uh, we have another music video coming out in the coming months for our next single called "Glare," which is my favorite song on the album, and it's going to be super good. Uh, we have an album coming out in the beginning of the summer called Full Circle. It's our longest LP with 10 tracks. Uh, through April and May, we are going to be touring locally to support that. We have a, two shows every weekend. So we're going to be all over the place. Norwalk, Sandusky, Toledo, Bowling Green, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we're going to be all over the place. Um, if you want to get tour dates or hear music, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all that stuff. Or you can go to thecasketcompanyband.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at The Casket Company. Um, and if you want some merch, we have a Threadless page or we have all these cool new prints that Bruce just got done made up. Uh, we have a Coca-Cola t-shirt that... Doesn't say Coca Cola on it. Says Casket Company on it. Uh, it actually says Coca Cane. Yeah, it says Coca Cane. Um, we al- we also have a big communist T-shirt that we just got done. Uh, it's got uh, the the sickle and the hammer and some blood all over it. If you're into that thing. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. Pleasant. Um, it's gonna be fun. So yeah, yeah. Come get some stuff and come watch us yell at stuff and break our expensive gear and all that all that's fun stuff. Okay. We'll be there. We'll nope. be around. The name is Jamie Bumgartner. Uh, the label is Escape Artist Music. Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere. You can find me on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, got a big, big record. I think uh, I think the project of my career titled Audiobiographical, that'll be releasing uh, the middle of the summer, um, looking like 11 or 12 tracks. If you are in, interested in recording at all, hit up Travis Guyman and Bigfoot Studios. You can find them on Facebook to follow this podcast. We are on Facebook, On The Radar Podcast. On Twitter, the same name, On The Radar. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Facebook is On The Radar PC. Twitter with the same handle, On The Radar PC. Uh, Instagram is On The Radar Podcast. You can follow this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all the major uh, platforms. We do have a shirt up for pre-order. Uh, uh, made with the grid people at Toledo Clothing Company, uh, which uh, pre-orders are on sale now. Shipping starts in March. Um, you can follow and support this podcast on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Podcast. And for all the links on how to find anything, it's bit.ly backslash Podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening. I am Peapod. You are you. And this has been another great episode of the On the Radar podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Gang, gang, shit. What's up? World star. take a moment and give a shout out to our friends over at stupid rad merch company now stupid rad is a great midwest independent punk clothing and accessory shop and it's also the official home for merchandise for bands like red city radio bad cop bad cop the bomb pops and so much more They're also really big into wholesale, so if you're into enamel pins, if you're looking for shirts to get printed, these are the guys to talk to. Go check out their website now at stupidradmerch.com. You can save 20% off their line of Stupid Rad Merch Company shirts, accessories, and so much more. Place an order, use RADAR, R-A-D-A-R, as a special passcode at checkout. Not only will you support a great Midwestern independent company like Stupid Rad, but you're going to turn around and help support us with the On The Radar podcast. Get rad with Stupid Rad and be rad by listening to the On The Radar podcast.